Welcome to the FWG News Podcast for May 2022. I'm Resolute Public Relations Officer for the FWG. And I'm Kate Shaw, Vice President of the Guild. Congratulations to the winners of the Kyoto Awards, which were announced at the end of April, and the Ursa Major Awards, which were just announced a few days ago. Actually, um, when this goes out, it will be probably yesterday. We have links to the winners lists in the show notes if you haven't already checked them out. Awesome stuff. So here is our market roundup for May. There are still two anthologies by Armored Fox Press seeking submissions. There's the Isekai Me, where the protagonist or integral character must have been transported to a different world. And Children of the Night with Goth Furries. Deadline for both of them is Windfall. Then we have Oh Mer by Red Ferret Press. Deadline is ongoing with various themes. In addition, the Voice of Dog podcast is always open to story submissions and is especially eager to feature diverse voices. As always, you can view our furry writer's market on the FWG website for more details and to keep up to date on open markets. Uh, No one posted about wanting to run for an officer position of the guild. So our current... I don't know why I'm almost laughing at that. (laughs) Everybody's busy. Um, So our current officers will be continuing for the next year. I think we have a good lineup. We try. Yeah. That means we are all set to apply for nonprofit status. We'll be starting the formal process before the end of May, which will hopefully mean the Furry Writers Guild will be an official literary nonprofit within about six months. Woohoo! It might happen sooner, depending on how fast or slow the paperwork is accepted, but barring issues, It'll definitely happen by the end of 2022. Yes! Excellent, excellent news. Because we've been trying to put that in motion for a little while, and there have been some ups and downs, but the wheels are in motion. Yes. So we have a lot of plans about how to grow the guild and benefit members as soon as we're a nonprofit. It opens a lot of doors for us. Mm -hmm. So if you have any thoughts or if you are willing to volunteer or pitching your time, energy, references, etc. We would love to hear from you. You can post on the Guild forums or join us on Discord, Telegram, or Twitter. Next, we have an interview with Kazimir Lasky, whose book Winter Without End is being released later this month by Finris Publishing. Thank you for joining me, by the way. It's a pleasure to be here. Your book Winter Without End is coming out this month Um, Tell us a little bit about the book. It is a post-apocalyptic story told from the perspective of a Labrador retriever who finds himself abandoned in the aftermath of a pandemic and then ends up discovering a a wounded wolf in the wild when he's out scavenging for food. And since he's struggling more and more to survive and doesn't really know what he's doing with his life or uh, he's lost his sense of purpose with the disappearance of his family, he ends up offering the wolf a deal. Uh, where if he uh, shares what he kills with her, then she will tell him or she will show him uh, how to survive in the wild as a wild animal and to try to recapture his ancestral heritage as a wolf. That sounds really intense. Is it sort of an intense thing? Uh, it is a fairly intense novel. Um, one of the biggest influences on me was, uh, well, Jack London's works were an, an early influence on my life. Those were Call the Wild and White Fang were arguably two of the first uh, books I read that were not intended for very young children. And um, on th- this novel specifically was inspired by Richard Adams' The Plague Dogs, 
which is a very, uh, that's a very bleak and intense book um, about two dogs that escape from an animal testing facility. That one's hard to read. <laughs> yeah. I, I was struck by how powerful that book was. And I've, I, I've long been interested in the art of storytelling, but it wasn't until I encountered that book and the movie adaptation that I, I really felt like I, I thought if I can write something a tenth as powerful and impactful as that, then I'll have done something to be proud of. So that, that got the wheels spinning and I spent a, you know, a year or two, um, going over ideas in my head, drafting ideas. But one thing that's stuck out to me was that I'd never seen an animal story told, um, or I'd never seen a post-apocalyptic story told from an animal perspective. Um, I, I've since learned that I'm not the first to uh, do that by any <laughs> means. But there, the, the lone wanderer and their faithful dog is a staple of the genre, you know, scavenging, uh, roaming the wasteland. But I'd never seen a story told from the dog's perspective, and I thought that would be a unique angle to approach the subject from. This is your debut book, right? This is yes. your, is it the first book you've written or just the first one you've had published? Uh, first one I've written and published, but it's, it's probably been rewritten a good dozen times at this point. Um, <laughs> I know that the original manuscript was probably twice as long as, uh, or word count wise, um, even though very little of substance was, was cut, but that was mostly just refining prose and learning as I went along. So how long did it take you to write? Um, I spent a couple months just mulling it over, jotting down notes, and then it took me a little over a year to write. I originally wrote this when I was in college, um, back in 2016, uh, I, this is when I started the first draft, it took me a little over a year. I sat on it for a few months, went back and touched it up, but then it still, it still needed a lot of work and it took me a little while to, to recognize the extent of that. And so then kind of on and off over the next few years, I would, uh, I'd return to it every few months and just redraft the entire thing in terms of the style and uh, until I got it to a place, place where I was happy with it. Have you had uh, short stories published before or are you just strictly a novelist? Um, I've, I've dabbled in short stories. I've written one that I put out myself, um, but it, I, I haven't had any published in any official um, venues or anything. The whole process of submitting and editing with a publisher and everything, that must have been really surprising. Did you find it different from what you expected? Uh, it was a little intimidating. I don't have a, a background in the <laughs> arts or uh, literature or anything. I'm a, I'm a lab technician um, in my day job and I've, I, you know, a biology major. But that kind of did, that did actually kind of inspire when I was taking classes on ecology and ethology that led me into, um, that kind of reawakened my interest in, in stories like White Fang and The Call of the Wild, which set me on this path. But I, I, a lot of it I just learned from uh, going online, looking, at, reading some blog posts by uh, different literary agents or from publishing houses or just watching YouTube videos on the subject. Um, but I, I did, uh, it was a bit daunting, especially at first. Um, <laughs> and the number of, you know, it's, it's expected that you'll, you'll probably get several rejections, especially if you're starting out as an unpublished author. Yeah, definitely. And even as an established author. So now mm. you're also a YouTuber, right? And you have a focus yes. on furry content? Um, it's, I, well, I don't really have a focus on my channel. It's a little, um, <laughs> scattershot. Uh, but I, I, gen I generally focus on xenofiction. So any kind of stories told from the perspective of animals, I tend to focus on, uh, non-physically anthropomorphized animals, though they still are mentally anthropomorphized a lot of the time, like Watership Down, things of that nature. I also talk about, uh, Western animation sometimes. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is a favorite show of mine, but I, I don't really have a set focus for my channel, which, Probably isn't great in terms of growing your audience long term. <laughs> so uh, if anyone who wants to get into YouTube, it's probably better to focus. But 
as long as you're doing something you're passionate about, yeah. that's probably what matters most. Exactly. So I know the skill sets have to be very different for, um, you know, streaming or, or preparing video, but does it exercise, you think, the same creative muscles as writing? In a lot of ways, I think it does. And I, I do try to put a literary bent on my scripts. I try to, I don't try to just um, describe things in a clinical or methodical way. I try to flower up my language a little. I know a lot of the uh, longer form videos that I do are talking about novels. That's another thing that uh, YouTube, especially like I had considered doing it for years and years and I just kept putting it off. But I finally decided, all right, I, I can, I got to try this. Even though I don't know anything about video editing or audio recording, um, <laughs> I might as well just try. And uh, so it, it, I, it really worked out. I'm, I'm surprised, I'm surprised by the reaction. I, I wasn't expecting to get a ton of views because I do cover fairly niche content. But it's it's nice to see that I'm not the only one out there who loves talking about these novels, who can, you know, spend two hours discussing Watership Down and the Plague Dogs or something like that <laughs> and uh, get engagement. You've mentioned a couple of books and short stories that you have found particularly inspiring. Do you want to just talk about other books that you like that you want to recommend or that have really made an impact on you? Earliest in my life, it would have been White Fang and the Call of the Wild. As I said earlier, those were two of the first books I ever read, um, and or at least adult books, and they they really did um, captivate me with like this this portrayal of the wild that I'd never really thought of. I've, I've grown up all my life in um, suburban Northern Virginia, so we're not exactly in the middle of the wilderness, um, <laughs> and so that was that kind of opened my eyes to this other aspect of the world that I didn't have a lot of experience with, and the the movie Balto as well. I remember I probably saw that around the same time I first read White Fang. I was probably seven or eight. Um, those both really like inspired my love of wolves and uh, Kennedy in general. Um, but moving beyond that, uh, Tolkien obviously inspired my broader love of literature. But in terms of animal novels, um, The Plague Dogs and Watership Down, and uh, this novel especially, Winter Without End, was he heavily inspired by a novel, uh, Faithful Ruslan, by Georgi Vladimov. He was a Soviet dissident. And he spent time in the Gulag, and then he wrote this story, Faithful Ruslan, and it took a few years to get published in the West. It had to be smuggled out of the Soviet Union. But the if, if you can get a hold of a copy, the uh, the English introduction was written, or the introduction to the English edition was actually written by Richard Adams. The novel itself follows this guard dog at a Gulag, a Soviet prison camp. He he sees the prison camp as the ideal system of life, and it's meant as a broader. Uh, it's meant as a broader allegory for the Soviet system, but in the post-Stalinist thaw, the camp is closed and the prisoners are released. And so the dog finds himself without purpose and meaning, and his his ideal society has been taken from him, and he doesn't he doesn't have any um, motivating factor or anything. And that I, I had the idea for Winter Without End, um, you know, post-apocalyptic story, dog befriends a wolf, uh, gradually becomes more wild, but. I was still miss. I still felt like I was missing something, missing the central soul or spirit of the novel. And when I read Faithful Ruslan, that that immediately, there was a specific passage where, where Ruslan um, encounters a group of wolves in the woods, and the author writes this passage describing uh, the meaning that can be gained through uh, a comfort and a sense of belonging. And he ends the passage with this line: "For no creature can live without love, not even a wolf." And when I read that line, I immediately knew what the central spirit of Winter Without End would be. Faithful Rus Ruslan, is it? Ruslan, yes. Uh, R-U-S-L-A-N. It's essentially like the uh, Russian language version of 
Fido or Spot a very generic dog name. That sounds like an amazing book, and I'd never heard of it. Anyone who likes Watership Down, I would highly recommend Brian Carter's A Black Fox Running. Uh, It was published in the 80s, I believe, in 82 or so, and it was almost entirely forgotten uh, until very recently. It got a reprinting in 2018, and there is an introduction by an author. I can't remember her name, but it's a fantastic introduction, and it gives a very good overview of of what the novel does. But it honestly, I think it a black fox running is probably um, it's probably the furthest that an author has gone with a xenofiction post Watership Down in terms of defining redefining the genre and making their own story. It's a beautifully written story about a group of foxes in South Central England uh, in fox hunting country, and it, it in the vein of Watership Down, it it, it details their culture and their mythology and religious practices. Um, and the prose is absolutely exquisite. Uh, one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read. But it's that, that's one I'd highly recommend to anyone. Uh, A Black Fox Running by Brian Carter. Oh, that sounds amazing, too. Why have I never read these books or even heard of them? <laughs> yeah, that's one I hadn't even heard of until I think a commenter mentioned it on one of my videos just talking about a lot of different xenofiction works. And um, as I said, it's it went unnoticed for almost 30 years, which is weird, but it, I'm glad I got a reprinting recently. I haven't obviously read Winter Without End yet because it's not out yet. I don't know if it has an ending that would open it up to a sequel. Are you planning to write a sequel or have you thought about it? There, it's, there, there is an open-ended ending, but I don't intend to write a sequel. I think a lot of the, the weight and impact de- is derived from the, the ambiguity I leave and the, the uh, openness I leave for the reader to kind of interpret. I did consider the idea for a long time, but I, the ending was one of the things I wrote first, actually, um, even though I did revisit it a lot. So I, I probably will just be moving on. I don't, I don't have any plans to uh, write a sequel to this. Are you working on another project right now, or is it? Are you waiting until you recover from this one? I have, I have several ideas that are in very early stages, very early drafts. Um, I've been mulling over the idea of doing a, a coming of age werewolf story. I just, I, I think that that the werewolf as a creature has a lot of narrative potential, and I've got some other ideas for other xenofiction books. Maybe a story centered around. Uh, either coyotes in the in kind of a mythic style like Watership Down or something with ravens and crows. I'll have to spend a good deal of time uh, working out which one I want to focus on. So where can people find your work? Winter Without End is available from Fenris Publishing, so it's on their site. I believe it's just fenrispublishing.com slash winter. Uh, my YouTube channel is Cardinal West, um, and so you can find my YouTube videos there. I tend to upload once every two or three months usually, maybe smaller things in between. But a lot of my videos tend to be over an hour long or at least at least 40 minutes, so they often take a pretty long time. So I, I will make sure to put links in the show notes so that people can go and pre-order your book and also check out your YouTube channel. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. It's been great. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me on. Resolute, what have you been reading lately? <laughs> Do you even want to do the reading thing, or have you been reading anything? <laughs> so I've been reading a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean I burned through the fifth book of the Honor Honor Harrington. How do you pronounce her name? Honor Harrington. <laughs> We're going to assume that's a correct pronunciation, and may the fans. Um, I think it is. Murder, murder, slaughter me if, <laughs> if I am wrong. Basically, it's just it's. The tagline for it it, that I've heard is Horatio Hornblower in Space. 
I don't know who Horatio Hornblower is, but it's basically <laughs> science fiction, you know, naval battles that are kind of sort of based on, like, old sailing cannon battles, etc., but in space. I actually do know who Horatio Hornblower is because when I was in college as an undergrad, I took a course mm. uh, called Literature and the Sea, and um, we had to read a whole lot of books in that one. It was um, the school I went to. We had what was called short term in January mm -hmm. um, where everybody just took one class oh, wow. and you met every single day and you could really get in depth. And I thought that was normal until <laughs> after I graduated. I'm like, wait, no other school that I know of does this. And it was amazing. I took some uh, really wonderful classes that way. But Literature in the Sea, one of the things we read was one of the Horatio Horn blower books it, it's like the it's like the honor harrington books but not in space <laughs> <laughs> basically i did all the reading that i apparently was going to do in my entire life in that class and i have not read anything in the last mm. three weeks i'm glad you were able to read something mostly i've been writing for once i've actually i've been putting pretty um steady progress on knocked out three outlines to story ideas i've had and now I'm actually writing um, Centaur for Disease Control Part 2. Yes! I want to read this! <laughs> yes! Okay, keep going. All right, we're going to cut this short so you have some writing time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I have outlined uh, the Dragon Artist novella that I've been working on. Um, have not really had a whole lot of time to write on it, but I am working mm. on it. My goal is to get it finished by the end of summer and get it revised and publish it. For more information about what's going on in the Guild and the larger furry community, or for information about joining the Guild, visit our website at furrywritersguild.com. You can find furry market listings, links to our Discord and other social media, and the forums, which are open to everyone. Thanks for listening to the FWG News Podcast. Until next time, if you're looking for a sign to start writing, this is it. Job. We did a podcast. Yay! We did a podcast, and now we can stop doing a podcast at the moment. Yay.